All right, welcome to I Love Basketball. I am your host today, Raj Chupalu. And filling in for Sabrina Merchant is uh, an insider on the Lakers, I would say. And I'm excited because it's our first show together on Silver Screen and Roll Feed. My guy, Aaron Larsoul. Aaron, how are you, man? Better than I deserve, brother. Thank you for having me and happy to uh, be able to hang out and talk some hoops with you. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so, Aaron, like uh, before we start, yeah, as the optimist on the SSR feed, I feel like as the optimist who's inhabited the island, this team has broken me. So, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so I don't think there's a good team in here, but I want your opinion, I guess, on something before we start. Okay. So the Lakers beat Utah, right? And Anthony Davis yes. went down. They've lost three in a row. They've been down big in all three games, at yes. least 20 and two of them and 16 to the Clippers. Right. Is there an inflection point coming? Is, is there a send LeBron home, let Russell Westbrook stay home, play the youth? Is any of that coming for this season? Uh, not yet. Uh, maybe at some point, but I, I don't think anytime soon. Um, because like, frankly, there's still something to play for, you know, we can, we can have a conversation about whatever Lakers fans or you or I think about the play in and then where the, what the chances are, should that become an option and, and trying to win the play in, does it, is it going mm-hmm. to take at this point? It looks like it's going to take at two wins. Do you have to win both games to get in? Um, and then what happens after that, right? Is it, uh, is it Golden State? Is it Phoenix? Um, at this point, it looks like it's either going to be Golden State or, or Memphis uh, mm-hmm. with the two seed. Uh, so it's probably, if the Lakers are not, are, are in the 9-10 play-in bracket, which is what it looks like now, um, uh, Golden State, Memphis is not an option, then it's Phoenix. So we can have a conversation about what the chances are even in the play-in. And then if you make it through the play-in, what the chances are against Phoenix, but there is still something to play for. So is there possibly an inflection point? Yes. But I don't think that is, I don't think that has happened quite yet. I don't think we are there yet. And look, to be, to be frank about it, I think uh, LeBron is less likely to shut it down than he would have been otherwise because he wants to rack up points. He is trying to catch <laughs> the scoring, the, the all-time scoring record matters to him. No secret. And mm-hmm. I think it should matter to him. And, you know, all of these games where it doesn't look like anything is happening and he maybe in previous years would have shut it down when there was nothing to play for. He personally has something to play for. Yeah, I mean, so my take on that is if you go look at the standings right now, we're two games up on the Pelicans. We're two games up in the loss column on Portland for 11th, which would take us. Yeah, out. I don't. I don't even think. I don't think it's about Portland. I mean, the the Pelicans just uh, just uh, won their game. They mm-hmm. this will be old news as you listen to it. But I don't. I don't think it's Portland. I think Portland is actively trying to lose. So I don't think. I don't think it's Portland that you should be worried about. I think obviously the Pelicans, um, but mm-hmm. it's going to require one other team. Um, to, to pass the Lakers, to get the Lakers out of the 10, 9, 10. Um, so I, I think it's San Antonio that is the concern. 
Yeah, and I agree. I think Portland's trying to take. I think just Anthony Simons has turned into a star to me. Like, I he's, think he's – yeah. That dude is good. And then you talked about New Orleans. CJ McCollum, I think, has been great for them. They're coming. And I watched this team, Aaron, and they don't look like they're trying to fight for anything. I don't know. Like, they don't look engaged very many nights. I thought their effort was there against Dallas. But a lot of nights you see them don't really try defensively. They got blown out, you know, embarrassingly against the Pelicans. Like, you look at the standings, man, and, and our schedule is tough. We play the Warriors again, I believe, this week. We play the Clippers again. We still play yeah. the Suns. We still play the Suns twice. We have the Cavaliers yeah, on our it schedule. Is the, Clippers, the Clippers on Thursday, um, a, a road, quote-unquote, road game mm-hmm. against the Clippers on Thursday, and then a home game against the Warriors oh, on man. Saturday. And we still have Phoenix twice on the schedule, which I know Devin Booker yep. just went in went to health and safety and Chris Paul's out for a little bit, but still Phoenix who's kicked our ass like a ton uh, this season. I don't know. And there's only 22 games left. And like, I'm, I'm seeing, is it worth it for even AD to try to come back? Like I, I'm wondering if there, I ask you if there's an inflection point, but I feel like it's being forced, I guess, with their play. They don't look bought in. The front office did nothing. That's why I asked that. Cause I feel like that point is coming and we need to start building for next season. Right. Would you agree with that? Like we need to start building something for next year. We, this season can't just be thrown away, I guess, because I feel like we've done that the last two years where we had a roster and we pretty much just threw away that roster, even though, you know, they were winning when we were healthy. Um, would you would you say that we would need to start building something for next year? Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of turnover, a lot of change um, yeah. in this offseason. So I don't know how much you carry over when, when there's going to be the roster turn. And that's, that partially has been the issue the last couple of years. Um, but that is, that's, that is kind of baked into the cake as uh, if you were going to spend this much money uh, or this, this high of percentage of your cap on your top three guys, you're going to have a bunch of turnover. LeBron teams historically have had a bunch of turnovers turnover, uh, because you don't have much room other than just minimum guys and minimum guys are going to sign one-year deals um, because they don't want to be minimum guys forever. They want yeah. to be minimum guys is, is they, they want to do what Malik Monk has done this year or Otto Porter Jr. has done for the Warriors. You want to sign for the minimum show that mm-hmm. you can still play and go earn something more than that and price yourself out of the, your, your current team. We'll see what happens with, with Malik. There'll be some options there, but, uh, as it relates to AD, I don't, I think, look, you're, you're the homer. You're the optimist uh, on the right. feed, right? Um, you have, uh, you unfortunately rewatch every single game. I watch it in person and then go back and watch it, uh, the TV broadcast to see what kind of basketball stuff I've missed. But there is still something to play for. And I am not, I am not the optimist, but if you have a healthy LeBron and a healthy Anthony Davis, that is scary in the playoffs, right? So sure. If it, look, if, if it, if, if it comes to a point where the Lakers have fallen out of the play-in range or have fallen to 11th, you know, and are, are a couple games behind 11 and that doesn't look reasonable then yeah, I don't think you bring Anthony Davis back. Um, and then you have that inflection point you're talking about. Maybe LeBron sits. Um, if he doesn't, it's be probably because he wants to score a bunch of points. Um, but I don't think because of how much roster turnover there's going to be 
Um, yeah. And, and, and possibly, frankly, possibly coaching turnover too. I don't know how much there is. Like you want to always build good habits, right? Uh, you know, Austin Reeves is going to be back. Stanley Johnson is going to be back if if the Lakers decide they mm-hmm. want to pick up his his that team option. So you want to build good habits, but I think it's more. I think all of it is more focused on this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I get put as the optimist, it's all rooted in having LeBron and AD healthy, right? Those two have. I looked up the stats today. Those two have won seventy percent of their games when those two play. That's including mm-hmm. playoffs. So that's an incredible mm-hmm. winning rate. And that's where it's all rooted. And again, you know, being on the Optimus Island, a lot of people came and left immediately when they saw Russell Westbrook on it. They just, you know, took a flight right off the plane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right off the island? They just, they caught the first thing smoking, huh? They did. I, I started to pack my bags now. Haven't left yet. You know, just making sure uh, that I've got everything uh, before all I right, leave. Le- let me ask you a question then. Okay. If you've started packing your bags now and haven't left yet, what would it take for you to actually leave the island? <laughs> I guess like what you said, uh, if we drop to 11th or if, you know, LeBron still isn't playing. I think LeBron's still playing at a high level. You know, I think he's still playing at an incredible LeBron level. is Not a even- monster. Le- yeah. LeBron is one of the best guys. That- yeah, he's still one of the best players in the league, of course. He's been, he's been incredible. Defensively, that- there's a conversation to be had on the engagement on that end. But, you know, he's starting at center, so I can't really blame him for not, you know, closing out to every you know shooter or being on the weak side block every time. Like I can't really blame him, but he's played great. And I want to see if AD comes back. I guess that's like the last, um, that's the last nail in the coffin. I guess if, if AD decides that he's just not going to come back, he's supposed to be reevaluated, I think in two weeks or something like that. So we'll, I don't think he's coming back in two weeks, but he'll be reevaluated. That's, I guess. I would be, I would be surprised. It, it was <laughs> team photo. It was team photo uh, day today at the facility for the Lakers. Uh, you have oh, nice. the UCLA health uh, background here on the <laughs> Zoom as we're recording. So at the uh, at the facility, at the UCLA health facility, it was team photo day for the Lakers today. And AD was moving around okay and didn't okay. have a boot on. So it wasn't on That's crutches nice. or anything. So it's a, it is a positive sign. But I agree with you that he is probably not going to be, certainly not ready to play uh, two weeks from now when he's reevaluated. Yeah, and I guess, you know, that's where the optimist still stands. And what I mean by building towards next year, Aaron, and, you know, Silver Screen Roll, let me host this. So I'm a, I'm just going to say, I think we need to, I know not to, like, make it feel like 2017 again, but that's what it kind of feels like, except we have two top five guys um, under contract for next year. Like, it feels like 2017, except we have two top guys. I think Austin Reeves and THT maybe is gone. I don't know what you think if THT is probably gone this summer, but THT, Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk has said he would take, you know, less. I'm not sure that probably isn't true, but you know, if we can kind of keep Malik Monk, I think you have to kind of build those guys up and then try to see if Wayne Gabriel has anything that you can kind of build for next year. I just don't want to, you know, flush this season again and start over again. Cause I feel like we've seen that the last few years, everything we have before, like in the rush trade, everyone went out, everything KCP, who we built, uh, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, guys, we built Alice Caruso built from the core up. We're all kind of shipped out. And I think if we can get something for the season, even if it's just Austin Reeves, you have an eight man playoff rotation. If he's one of those next year, I think that's a positive. So is that strange? Like, I know we, we you have a LeBron James. No, team. no, no, really no. I, develop, I, I think, I think it's important to take or try to take positives in in every step um Mm -hmm. but i also agree with rob who has basically said you know this is this is the los angeles lakers right either winning your title or it's a failure um 
and I agree with that mentality. Occasionally, that can create some short-sighted moves um, mm-hmm. because it's a championship or bust mentality. But it's I think it still has to be right. You have LeBron. You <laughs> goddamn LeBron James and Anthony Davis, right? Go win a title. In in the absence of that, and and I don't think, and I don't think anyone thinks that the Lakers are going to win a title. There are incremental things that you can try to build on, right? Unearthing Stanley Johnson, if you think he can be a rotation guy next year on a team-friendly team option. Um, finding Austin Reeves, developing him. Uh, THT playing better, either to have something to build on going forward or to increase his trade value in the offseason. Like all of those things matter incrementally and on the margins, but this is still an organization, a franchise that is going to try to win a title and still says we need to win a title this year. Um, Are they going to, I doubt it, but I don't, I don't think it's like an either or path. It is a go, go win a title, like still right now, go win a title. Mm -hmm. And then when that becomes not available anymore, then I think you shift your focus to trying to build things. But it's hard because, as, as I just said, right, like there's going to be so much turnover. The continuity is not going to be there that it's, it's difficult to carry over a lot of those little fringe things. Yeah, no, like I agree with, you know, Polinka saying that it's championship bus. Obviously, you have LeBron James on your team. He's going to put pressure on front offices. He's going to make sure that, you know, you make the moves necessary to win a title. I just think like you keep flushing out rosters year by year. I think you're kind of seeing the effect of that, the domino effect of that. Uh, You're not building players within your system and you eventually just continue to rely on minimum players who all pretty much have similar skill sets. Ken Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, all those dudes pretty much can play the same amount of minutes uh, and they're relegated to the bench. None. Kendrick Nunn, who I'm not sure you could probably tell more than me. I like, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, look, at this point, I, I don't know that we're going to see him this year. Uh, like at this point, that would I, make think sense. That's, I think that ship is kind of sailed. I've heard, so I heard you and also I think Anthony on the Twitter spaces say, you know, you were for the DJ Augustine move. And I like, yes. you know, I like DJ Augustine. Aaron, but like this builds to my point here is that, you know, we have a bunch of guards. I feel like we should be playing and developing and, you know, DJ Augustine mm-hmm. six foot zero. I think that's giving him probably more than he is. I'm yes. Really he's sure. smaller than me. Yes. <laughs> six, six foot point guard who's 34, who I think he can shoot, but I mean, he can't, he can defend, shoot. He can shoot. He can't defend anymore. I'm pretty, he couldn't defend, I think in his prime, but I mean, right now, 34 years old, I don't think he can move his feet. He's not going to guard nobody. No. Yeah, so you already have Reeves, you have Malik Monk, you have guys playing his position, you have Russell Westbrook, who's going to take up 30 minutes anyway. Like, I don't understand that. That's where I'm like, I think we need to be building something. And I feel like DJ Augustine's a, again, that's a nice player. Just, I don't know what the the goal is, I guess. If, if you're trying to make the 10 seed, 11 seed, that's fine. 10 seed, 9 seed, try to get in the playoffs that way. I just don't see an engagement from the team, I guess, Aaron, that tells me that they're invested in that. LeBron is in his scoring, but I like the rest of the team. I don't see bought in to that goal, which is moving me more towards like a let's develop some of these young guys. Let's try to build something for next year. But that's probably, you know, not realistic. Would you agree? So a couple of things as it relates to that. Um, Mm -hmm. Sure. Like everybody wants 
an athletic two-way wing, but those guys are not available on the, no, <laughs> on the yeah. free agent market, right? You're not wrong. Um, I think I think when Gabriel is a good flyer, but yeah. as it relates to uh, to to Augustine, well, two things. One, I know DJ can't play. Augustine maybe can play. I know DeAndre Jordan can't play. And so replacing someone who I know can't play with someone who possibly can play mm-hmm. is a net positive. And I'm not suggesting that Augustine can play. Maybe. But maybe he can play is a lot better than I know you can't. And the Lakers have needed this type of guy for a long time. And this archetype of player has succeeded on LeBron teams. Um, LeBron really thrives with point guards that can play off the ball and can shoot. And DJ Augustine is a good shooter. Is he a great shooter? No, but he has the respect of on the scouting report. It says DJ Augustine, pay attention to him. If he's going to shoot it right, pay attention to him. If he gets open. Um, Mm -hmm. And Frankly, the Lakers just don't have those guys. There, there aren't guys on a scouting report other than like maybe Mello. There just aren't those guys on the Lakers right now um, that other teams are worried about as shooters. Reeves, no. Ariza, no. THT, no. Russ, no. AD, no. Right? Like we can go down, like I'll keep going down the list, right? Bazemore, not really. Monk, no, kind of. Right. Ellington kind of, but he doesn't play anymore. Right. So um, that archetype of player, I think can be valuable. And here's the, the other thing is the Lakers don't have a backup point guard. The backup point guard is LeBron. Um, and LeBron is going to play point guard whenever he wants in whatever minutes he plays. But I think this is something that looks at the fact that LeBron is having to do a lot of big man stuff. And so yeah. it, it is, it's a, it's a pretty difficult ask to say, LeBron, be the point, be the, be our center and the point guard. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a rough ask even for LeBron. And so I think it made sense to bring in a point guard because there are, there are a lot of guys that the Lakers have that can kind of masquerade as a lead ball handler, right? THT can do some of that. Reeves can do some of that. Uh, Monk can do some of that, but those guys aren't point guards. DJ Augustine is a point guard. Sure. And so I think I, that like the trade, the trade for big versus small uh, for Deandre Jordan, a center, like kind of thin at center. Anyway, I think that is kind of misconstrued because LeBron is the center now. And that, pulls him away from his point guard responsibilities. So getting a point guard makes sense to me. Well, here's my, my only counter with that. So to me, you said we don't have a backup point guard. That's totally true. But the backup point guard to me would be THT. Like that's who I think should be getting backup point guard duties. Like he's a ball handling guard who can't shoot. Like that guy yeah. needs the ball in his hands. But, but, but here's the, but yeah. You, okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, let me push back to your pushback. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, you can't play him with LeBron. I think you can play him with LeBron if LeBron's your he five. He can't shoot. He can't, he, he can't shoot. 
Well, he would be the ball handler in this. We don't have many options, Aaron. But I would say that correct. Is- that no, that correct. That's the point. Yes, that's why I. That's why I'm in favor of the Augustine move. Correct. <laughs> well, my 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 only pushback with the Augustine, not a pushback, because you know I think Augustine's a nice player. I think all you said, everything you said there is valid. I think they're all valid uh, points there. But so our best lineups right now is LeBron at center, right? Like that's what we're we're playing. And to me, if LeBron's at center, that means you're playing small. And if you're playing small, you cannot be tiny at every other position. And I feel like, like DJ Augustine can't play next to Malik Monk, right? Like, like to me, like, I think that would be like, they would, they'd be destroyed defensively. They'd be picked on like by second units. That's where I'm like, there's an identity kind of divide there. We're like, if we're going to go small ball, which I think we are in most cases, uh, Dwight Howard's going to start here and there, but yes. I think we're going to go small. DJ Augustine, again, six-foot yes. point guard, that worries me. Maybe these are, you know, problems for <laughs> when you're a good team. Like, those are more, <laughs> like, better, those are problems you think about when you're a better team, but that's my only thing with the DJ Augustine thing, but I think he's a nice player. I hope he helps. No, he's waiting. not. Look, well, you're not wrong. DJ ain't going to guard nobody. <laughs> no, DJ's not going to guard nobody, and he's small. Yeah. That, all of that is correct. No, but, for sure. like, there's something about like beggars not being choosers, right? But oh, beggars can't no, be choosers, right. right? Like you're totally right. He like assure he's he's a better in my estimation, he is a better NBA player than uh, than DeAndre Jordan. So That's I'm a trading bar. a guy. I'm tr- of course it is, but look, but this the, the Lakers are the nine seed and right. free falling, mm-hmm. right? Like no. there are not a lot of options here. No, you're right. You're right. So I don't like, I, I don't think DJ Augustine is coming in to solve anything, but the fact that it is possible he can play and he has a skill set that we know meshes well with LeBron, I think is a, a reasonable gamble to take, right? Like what was, what was lost here? No, there's nothing lost. I just like, I'm saying like, we're trying to win, I guess. Uh, there's not much options. You're right. I, I would, would, I you, would like if to... you're trying to win a, a an NBA <laughs> basketball game tomorrow. Would you rather have DeAndre Jordan or DJ Augustine? DJ Augustine, definitely. Um, okay, and your answer can be none of them. Your your answer can be neither. That's fine too. But if you're going to have, say, God, I need three minutes or eight minutes from one of you, I'd rather have DJ Augustine. I don't know if he can play. I know DeAndre can't. That's true. And there's not many options. I would just would have liked to flyer on one of our G League guys, maybe one of the wings down there, try them out, get some athleticism, size. I think it's just, you know, it's incredible. Well, that's that we, when you that's what Wenyan Gabriel theoretically yeah. does. Theoretically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just think like it's incredible. We brought in another small guard, you know, who needs the ball in his hands, who's a shooter. I just but, I know. think I think part of that is 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 not quite right because I think it is it is an admittance that LeBron is like, we think of LeBron as one of those ball handlers, right. Yeah, as one of those guys ball. that, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's an admit that LeBron is going to be playing a bunch, especially as, as AD is out. LeBron's going to be playing five, a bunch. So it is substituting Deandre for LeBron at five and then putting somebody in behind him. Yeah. I mean, Deandre Jordan's era in Lakerland, uh, was quite what was your was favorite quite... DeAndre Jordan moment as a Laker? Oh man. And please don't say please don't say the pass that almost hit somebody I in don't... the 12th row the other day. His last no, moment I... as a Laker. 
Honestly, I'm not sure. I just what I'll remember DeAndre Jordan as as a guy who goes back and rewatches all these games uh, yes, and do. burns and burns my eyes doing it. DeAndre, yes, you, Jordan, do. you know, no, no disrespect to DeAndre Jordan had an amazing career. That man took the path of least resistance on every play. So it does not matter what happened. If uh-huh. he's if his job was to defend the three or if his job was to close out, he is not moving outside the paint. He is his radius of movement is very small. He's going to point, he's going to say things, but he's joined, he's just going to stay in the paint. And, you know, it was very frustrating to watch in a Vogel. He can't, he can't in, move. <laughs> he can't move anymore. And he shouldn't have been starting 25. Uh, all right. Well, good boy. <laughs> thanks, John. Uh, well, uh, I've, I've was, had to watch this shit in person. <laughs> I, do not, I do not have a lot of sympathy. I do have sympathy for you, but not a lot, brother. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, I would trade places all the time with that. Uh, well, <laughs> be careful. This is not for everyone. Well, uh, Aaron, we're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to come back and discuss this Jake Fisher Bleacher Report article. All right, we're back on I Love Basketball. So, do you actually Aaron, love basketball? That's, that's what's funny is that's what Serena was like, I'm out of here. Do you love, are you loving basketball these days? I do love basketball. The Lakers definitely test the parts of basketball that you want to love. Like, That's Aaron, fair. I was watching. I was watching that fourth quarter against the Mavs. I'm like, Luka Doncic is amazing. That man is incredible. Yeah. I'm like, wait, he's scoring on my team. But you know, like you can separate yourself from that. You're like, Luka's just like he's like, no, I want LeBron here. Like, screen for me. I want LeBron isolation. Let me attack him fadeaway jumper. So yes, yes. Okay. So I, so I, I responded to you and you did a really great breakdown of, of, and you do, you do really good video work. I'm not trying to just gas you up because you know, we work together and you're a friend of mine. Uh, you do really good work on that stuff, but I, I had a, I have a, like a slightly different perspective on it. Okay. And I think this is Let important. I don't think it was because it, it looked like Oh, is he is Luca hunting LeBron? Right? Is he trying to get LeBron a switch because he wants to attack him? Uh huh. I don't think Luca gives a shit who's guarding him. I think Luca feels like he can cook anybody, and he's usually right. He is for sure. He like Luca's a monster, right? And and one on one, Luca's a problem. But I don't think it was about getting LeBron on him so that Luca just thought he could cook LeBron. I think it was more about getting LeBron on him so that LeBron couldn't be the low man and he could not be the helper. Um, The Lakers don't have any, the Lakers don't have any rim protection without AD, right? It's LeBron. LeBron is the best guy that the Lakers have. So I think it was about more about drawing LeBron away from the basket so that he couldn't help and he couldn't be the low man and he couldn't rim protect as, as opposed to, Luca like hunting LeBron trying to like I'm gonna cook this dude because he can't guard me for sure no no that's a good point that that's a good point about what could that, that could have been um but I mean like most players like in that situation you don't even want to involve LeBron in the play right like sometimes they'll just keep so LeBron was on Darren Finney Smith who was the one I believe screening for him so they could have just put Finney Smith in the weak side corner and you know he could have just picked on Malik Monk he could have picked on whoever he wanted because the Lakers were switching everything anyway um, and so, but yeah, that could have been point two. It was just, but, incredible. but, but if, if LeBron is in the weak side corner, he can, I mean, Dorian Finney Smith is an okay shooter, but Having LeBron a good is going to then, Having a good year. The, LeBron is going to like take a couple steps. He's going to cheat a couple steps. Sure. And then with those pick and rolls with Powell or whoever, 
LeBron's going to be the guy that's there at the rim challenging that. And I think, I think the point of those actions was getting LeBron to not be the helper, not be the low man, not be the shot blocker, not be the rim protector more so than it was about Luca. Just like, I'm going to cook this dude. (laughs) Sure. And I think, you know, some of it is uh, once the game was in hand, I think Luca also seemed like, Hey, let me do a quick one-on-one with LeBron. But like, I'm sure some of that was also not wanting, not wanting to him to be the helper. But watching that for the Aaron, it's also it by the way, it's also Jason Kidd, right? So oh yeah, definitely. he knows he knows what <laughs> he knows what the principal Lakers principles are. Yes, yeah, for sure. And then it was just tough to watch Spencer Dinwiddie picking on Carmelo the whole fourth, <sighs> Malik Monk being thrown in there for offense, but then they pick on him, you know, and they have to double at the top of the key, so the ball gets from rough fourth quarter. But anyway, Luca's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> the third was uh, fun. Third was fun. Yes. Uh, I want to ask you, are these fake comebacks, Aaron? Do you like, so I see people calling it a fake comeback. So yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a Harrison special. Well, Harrison, Harrison I don't know where he got it. uh, He's very influential. So it's, 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 it's very picked. It's picked up. Uh, No, I mean, look, no, because a lot of the Lakers problem, I mean, obviously there has been, there have been fit issues for the whole year and, um, there have been space issues. All of that is true. Um, and I think that some of the lineups have not been optimized. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk about Avery Bradley. We can talk about starting DeAndre Jordan. All of that. All of that is fair. Um, and those have been Laker problems. But I think the biggest Laker problem this year has been give a fuck. Yeah. Um, and so... I think give a, a lack of give a fuck, a lack of effort and a lack of focus has led to some of these deficits and a reemergence of give a fuck has led to some of the comebacks. So no, I don't think the comebacks are fake. I think it just kind of illuminates and illustrates what really the problem has been. I agree with that. I feel like we, we get punched in the mouth and our belief drops at a exponential rate. So like we were winning against Dallas for a little bit. They went up five and, and that lead bloomed to like 20, you know what I mean? And I just feel like that's what I'm seeing with this team that the belief is not there. Like you got guys like Trevor Reza, guys who've been around, like they know what it is. Like they're not going to be going. But that's, that's it exactly though. Yeah. Right. It's hard to like, when guys are, are as established in the NBA as Trevor Reza and Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan and LeBron and Russ and right. Like I, that, I, that's it. Exactly. You, you're not, you don't have to fight for your life. You yeah. just don't. And, and it's um, I say this as it relates to playoff series a lot, but you cannot fake desperate. Mm-hmm. And so like when a team gets down to nothing two Oh, in, in a playoff series, and in game three, they come out and beat the shit out of a better team because they have desperate. You can't like, it's human nature. You can't fake desperate. Yeah. And so I think, and even in coach Fisdale, when he, when he was in for, for Vogel said, we don't have enough guys that will do the dirty work. We don't have those guys. And the Lakers are a team of guys that have never had to do dirty work because they've been the best player on every team they've been on since they were five years old so it's hard to you can't fake you can't fake that sorry i'm I'm hijacking your point but no 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 you're you're good 
Well, like, and then you combine just the non-desperation with old, right? So, like, I'm watching. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, yes, I am. I am old. Thank you. <laughs> not you. No, 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 not you. Uh, like Trevor oh, no, Ariza. No, I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> like Ariza, who I've loved, Laker core legend, 36-year-old, 36-year-old Aaron. I rewatched that Pelicans game. We started him mm-hmm. on Brandon Ingram, okay? And Brandon it's Ingram. It's not going to work. I love that Brandon ain't gonna Ingram. going to work. I love Brandon Ingram. But. So they run him off like sets and they make him come off screens. And poor Trevor Reza, who I think like is trying in the first quarter, he's like two feet back of Ingram, like on every chase. Like it's just not going to work. So I it, like I, to your of point, he's two feet back. If he gets up on him, he's getting broken down and cooked. Exactly. He can't yeah, move. So that's the point here. I think you should be playing the youth. I think Stanley Johnson should be playing. Austin Reeves should be playing. But Aaron, isn't it also like, doesn't that stuff translate when the younger players see the older players not trying, not, as you say, giving up, giving an F, like, doesn't that translate to the younger players as well? Like, that's like, okay, so I can relax. Like, I think it comes from the top down, right? It, it's the head of the I think that's a fair question. I don't know the answer to that in this case specifically, but I think it's a fair question. Um, but a lot of that, right? Like Avery Bradley's old. Avery Bradley's an old guy. I think but, he's under 30 still. I think he's like 29. Is he really? Yeah, I know. I mean, and Avery Bradley has like a pretty decorated. He was one of the best players in high school and was a huge recruit at Texas. And yeah. Was a lottery pick. I think he was a lottery pick. He was definitely a first round pick if he wasn't a lottery pick. Yeah. Um, but Avery Bradley, for all like all of the misgivings that we have about him and his game, he plays hard. Um, I don't know that we like the results necessarily all the time, but he plays hard. So some of it isn't about where you are in the league. Some of it isn't about your age. Some of it is about just whatever's in you, like yeah. in your DNA as a basketball player. So I think it does make sense to play more of the young guys, not specifically because like they're going to play harder just because they're going to play harder, but some of the younger guys seem to be the guys that just have that, whatever it is in their DNA. That and they're better. They're give better. an F. That's part of it also. That uh, is, yeah. That is part of it also. <laughs> yeah. Play the youth. Um, all right. So I want to ask you before we kind of get out of here soon, I want to ask you about this Jake Fisher article. I know you can't speak on everything, I guess, but I guess like I, it's a bigger point here because I'm just going to say Hennessy is delicious for the entire article. And then I'm gonna let you cook for like 15 minutes here. Well, no, so it's a, there's a bigger point here. So after All-Star Weekend, right, we had every single publication put out their version of the LeBron to Cleveland, right? Like we saw, you know, every, not saying LeBron's going to go to Cleveland, but their version of, you know, LeBron might be unhappy in Los Angeles, whatever it is. And I think, you know, Jake Fisher, mm-hmm. who's done incredible work at Bleacher Report, he had his sourcing kind of stuff there. And he broke it down into three tiers. He broke it down to uh, Palinka, Vogel, and LeBron, which is very interesting to me. This is the first time I guess I've seen Palinka's kind of name in this, this type of stuff. Aaron, is there like legit, how can I ask this to where you No, can no, no, just I, I will, I will, I will answer whatever I can. So ask it however you want to ask it. And right. if I have to dodge it, that's on me, but ask it okay. however you want. Sure. So is there a possibility for full on turnover this summer where you get the coaching staff, you get the front office? Like, is there a chance for that? Or because like, to me, again, like not to play the optimist side, but LeBron and AD are going to miss, are going to play 21 combined, combined games together this year. I think it's been clear the Russell Westbrook fit 
however you feel about Russell Westbrook has not gone well. Is there a possibility still that, you know, this, we just flush out the coaching staff, we flush out front office. Like how, is there validity to that, I guess, for the summer? Is that like a small chance? Or is that kind of just, you know, whispers in the, in the air and stuff like that? Um, Hennessy is delicious. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I got one. I think nice. that changes whatever you look, whatever you think of, of, of the job Frank has done um, mm-hmm. previous to this season, right? He won a, he won a title. And whatever you think and whatever you think he's done this season, right? My personal feeling on it is Frank is not the problem. I also don't think Frank has been enough of the solution. Okay. But I think it was kind of fair or reasonable to question Frank's job security even before this year, right? Based on the extension or lack thereof. Um, and yeah. that that's going to speak to someone's job security. Um my point in saying that is I think that it is more likely a coaching change is made than a front office change. Um, but I, but I don't think, I don't think it's like just kind of like throwing stuff up in the air. Right. Right. This isn't, this is a, this is a franchise that very, very badly wants to pass the Boston Celtics in, in titles. So I don't think it is just kind of like a random happenstance this year just plainly hasn't been good enough. And that leads to changes. Are there going to be changes on the roster of the players? Yes. Yeah. There are going to be changes with the coaching staff. My guess is probably, are there going to be changes to the front office? Maybe. I think that, I think, I think to the, to the roster, definitely to the coaching staff, probably to the front office, maybe. Okay. Fair. No, that's totally, that's totally fair. And like you said, Frank hasn't been the problem. He just hasn't helped the solution. And again, I'm higher on Frank than most. I feel like we gave him a roster that goes against everything he kind of believes in. Would you, would you kind of, uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. Would you subscribe to that? Okay. So yeah. So like, and I, but I also think, I also think that I think Frank is an elite, not good elite defensive coach. And I think Anthony Davis is an elite defensive player. And I think LeBron is an elite defensive player still in moments. Yeah, for sure. And, but you know, to me, like, I think Frank, and I think, I think that part of the problem may have been that too much reliance was placed on that going into the year that, all right, Frank's an elite defensive coach, got AD LeBron and Frank, you're going to have at (laughs) minimum, a very good defense just because of those three. Uh, So I think too much, I think too much reliance was placed on that. And in roster building said, you could say, all right, we don't really need to worry about like, who's Dwight going to guard? Who's DeAndre going to guard? Who's Melo going to guard? Who's Monk going to guard? You know, like all of that. Yeah. Because a bunch of faith was placed on, if we have those three, we'll be fine. For sure. And, and to me, it's Frank's defensive scheme. Like the guard is very important. Like, again, like not to belabor the Caruso point, you don't have to jump in on this, but like losing him was, was, was rough. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, he's, he's like our hey, guard. Look, KCP, KCP's, KCP too. guard you too. Yeah. Yeah. Point of attack defense. Is and Kuz was, Kuz had turned into Kuz a really well. good wing defender. Yeah. Like guys making screens and all. Yeah. So I guess like, so when I see these like articles and stuff like that come out, 
the front office and all the moves being made, Aaron, and again, don't jump in, jump in wherever you can. Yeah, I got you. I got you. It's all been, it's been sold as a collaborative thing, right? Between clutch and we can say how much clutch is LeBron affiliated. We can, we can divide and conquer and that stuff, but it felt like that's what it was. And this is the first season where I felt like no, no one wants their hands on the Russell Westbrook deal. Right. It feels like, like no one wants their, hands to be placed on the Russell Westbrook deal that's where it feels there's a separation there but in the past seasons it's felt collaborative like Carmelo Anthony came out this summer and was like I was recruited you know by LeBron James himself like there's stuff like that that I see and that's why it's so weird when I see articles like this come out or you know where it says you know Polinka's job could be you know in jeopardy through and and again Jake Fisher named a a positive possible replacement in Omar Wilkes, who's the current head of basketball operations for clutch sports. Like there's stuff like that. I see in it. It's just very confusing to me, I guess. Cause I, when we're sold this roster, when we're sold last year's roster, when we were sold the championship roster, there was a collaborative effort between the superstars clutch and the front office. And now I'm seeing separation. Uh, so is there anything to take from that, I guess? And again, answer where you can. Like, is there anything to, I guess, take from that? Or is this just like stuff that happens when you lose, I guess? Like when you lose basketball games? I mean, I think that's, I think that is a lot of it. I think that is okay. a lot of it. And I think people forget about, I, I, I say this a lot. I've said it on the hook. I've said it in the spaces. I say it a lot. Every business is a people business. I, you and I have had this conversation off, offline, yeah. right? Um because you coming up and I'm really proud of what you've done, but you coming up matters to me. Right. And you getting a chance to like all, all that matters to me. And I have told you for a couple of years now, I have told you that the part of this that matters is, is the people, right. The, and the relationships. Yeah. And that's true of the NBA. The NBA is a people business in that article. It talked about that, you know, some some other front offices didn't like dealing with Rob. Mm-hmm. The people stuff matters, and so and, and thusly human nature matters, right? And human nature is that people are going to not want to. Most people, not everybody, but most people are going to want want to look for places to assign blame for things other than themselves. It's human mm-hmm. nature. And so yeah. everybody is looking for somebody else to be responsible for the fact that this season has not gone how everyone wanted, wanted it to go. Um, and, and that is just like plainly human nature. In my experience, and I'm around a lot there mm-hmm. internally, my experience, it is a very collaborative thing. Like there yeah. are a lot of opinions that are sought. Rob is the person of record. So he ultimately decides stuff, but that doesn't happen without him getting input from all kinds of people, me and all the other people you've heard of. And certain voices have more weight than others, but you know, who was towards the top of that list, LeBron James. Sure. So things don't happen without LeBron's sign off. Right. Yeah. And Part of it is like you have to pick your battles, right? Like part of it is there are times and the Lakers more so than any organization that LeBron has ever dealt with have told him no some. Mm-hmm. And, but part of that, when you have a player as good as LeBron and as powerful league wide as LeBron, part of that is picking your battles. Is this going to be the time where 
this is where we're drawing the line in the sand or do we do you acquiesce some here and say okay no we're gonna save it right yeah so in my experience and that's all i can speak on but in my experience it is a very collaborative thing and there's mm -hmm. plenty of blame to go around yeah and that is on everybody involved but i don't think it is fair to separate like oh this thing was this one's on rob or this one's on lebron or this one's on genie or this one's on Kurt or this one's on Linda or this one's on Aaron. Like, no, it's everybody. Everybody's involved in all of it. So my favorite thing I love to read on Twitter, you've seen this, Aaron, is the they they want a title, but no, 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 no. They, they want a title. Like there's no they want a title, but the Lakers want a goddamn this, title 18 months ago. Exactly. So the title is what we do all this for. So that's what all this is for. They they call it signing, you know, signing a deal, whatever it is. When LeBron James comes to your team, most people know the deal. You win, you win at a high level, usually get a title out of it. Do you throw away a few future assets and stuff like that? Yeah, that, that's definitely what happens. But again, that's why I think, you know, LeBron's never going to come out and take credit or take blame for transactional things that happens. That's not what he's paid for. He's paid to play basketball. He's, but how, quick, he, how quickly Laker fans have forgotten, nobody in particular, but how quickly Laker fans have forgotten <laughs> the title. There's a banner that went up I know, pretty recently. It's, it's incredible, but, but yeah, so LeBron, you know, he's, he feels like his responsibility is the I'm third in scoring. I'm 37 years old. I'm carrying this team. Do not ask me about, you know, transactional things. I am not the GM. And that's, but he know, does want to tell you he scouted THT though. Yes, of course. And Malik Monk in high school as well, but, right. know, <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but sure. Um, and that, that's where I kind of see this as I, when I see these articles pop up and, you know, I'm sure Jake Fisher is, is greatly sourced. I'm sure uh, Brian Windhorst greatly sourced all the other, um, the athletic articles that came out is completely sourced, but it's just interesting. Cause when you lose this type of stuff comes to the air, comes to the forefront. Um, that's why I want to ask you. That's exactly it. Yeah, so that's what I want to ask you about. And to me, like, if AD stays healthy, Aaron, if they let's say AD, LeBron are healthy, this team is not seven games under five hundred. Like, even with the even whatever the rust the rust fit is, I don't think they're seven games under five hundred. So a lot of this noise, yeah, a lot of this noise um, comes from that. And yeah, that's why I just want to ask you about the article because I think we're gonna see more of those pop up. If the Lakers continue to lose, I would imagine. <laughs> Every I, think you're gonna, I think i think you're gonna see a bunch of them in the post-mortem in 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 the offseason too yeah definitely and you know when you trade away a superstar when it doesn't work that's never pretty like the stories that come up for that from that are never pretty um and that's where it kind of seems like it's it's heading to with russ westbrook right it feels like he's gonna be probably gone this like he's likely out the door this summer and that article kind of talked about there was a mutual uh agreement that they they would like to um part sides uh this summer so have i, I more, told you, more. have i told you how delicious Hennessy is <laughs> uh well i mean aaron it's 8 a it's 8 a.m where i'm at so i can't really you know uh i can't really know how delicious Hennessy. you cannot is, partake at, at, <laughs> at the present moment not yet not yet um yeah so i think that's all i had today uh aaron i appreciate you for coming on uh for sabrina today man my yeah, pleasure fun Hope to talk to you more on the Silver Screen and Roll feed. Always appreciate your, your help and stuff like that coming up. So, uh, But uh, that's all for this show. Thank you, everyone, for listening to I Love Basketball. We'll be back next Wednesday. Have a good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah.